All right. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Lux. I'm Scott Peterson. Uh, Javon is here with me today. Uh, we were just talking off screen about the White Lotus. Uh, if you're not watching and you're over the age of what? 25? Is it age appropriate for? After last week? <laughs> Pretty you had to intense. Cover your eyes. Yeah, I, I heard it. I heard it was the most uh, intense episode of television on HBO potentially ever, which is saying quite a lot because HBO is pretty, pretty heavy on the uh, really on the content. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, don't give any spoilers. All right. Um, so we're here again. Thanks for listening. Um, before we get started, if you have any questions, any topics you want us to talk about, please feel free to contact us on Instagram. Send us a direct message at Talklex Podcast. Um, you know, we're happy to talk about anything within our wheelhouse that uh, the audience is interested in. So um, today, in light of, in the spirit of the season, we're going to talk about holiday parties uh, and all the ways that you can get into trouble by having them. Um, this came up in particular because we were at a party last night, uh, got pretty wild, group of maybe 10 people that actually didn't get very wild. Um, but uh, it it got us thinking about the fact that since COVID is now over, we're no, I shouldn't say COVID's over. <laughs> you get in trouble for that. <laughs> since uh, since we are now past uh, the point of people not being able to go out, holiday parties are getting kind of back in full swing. Uh, and so that brings up all kinds of legal issues um, that people probably haven't thought about in a couple of years. So uh, where do you want to start? First, I want to show my my holiday outfit for the podcast. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to talk about employment issues and then also just sort of general liability issues, uh, especially if you're hosting a party. Um, but I will start with the employment issues. I think that's probably one of the most common holiday parties that people go to um, and probably one of the most obvious issues that can happen at a work holiday party are the mix of alcohol and uh, people behaving poorly because of that. Uh, on a more serious note, we do see sexual assault and sexual harassment coming from office holiday parties. That's probably a, a more one of the more obvious issues that can happen when you have people drinking a lot. Um, so that's a scenario that we have, you know, people getting drunk, getting involved in either bad behavior or also dicey conversations. And I think the overlying theme of this is that almost all employees are at will even if you have an employment agreement, there's probably a big carve out in there that says that you're either at will or that you can be fired on the spot for cause or for um, you know, bad behavior. So if you don't behave at your holiday party, you can get fired and you probably are not going to have any recourse. Yeah, and I think like the the, most obvious sort of example that people think about when they think about bad act, bad activities or poor conduct at a holiday party are sort of the quint quintessential uh, person gets drunk and says something wildly sexually inappropriate or, you know, gets too physical with another coworker or, you know, a boss tries to hit on a younger employee or something along those lines. But 
it can also extend to just having too much to drink and just saying stupid or defensive things that, you know, your boss looks at you and says, you know, what on earth is this? Per- this behavior is completely unacceptable. Um, and I mean, I'm thinking about all the holiday parties you've been to over the course of the last five or 10 years where that exact sort of scenario has happened. And you're like thinking to yourself, you know, if this person's boss were around, they would probably, you know, the boss would say, what kind of person is working for me? Can you think of it? I'm envisioning a couple of specific scenarios that we won't get into here, but. Yes, well, I boycotted a particular holiday party for several years after having a super awkward interaction with um, another attorney um, that I think also was sort of alcohol fueled on that attorney's part. And it kind of brings us also ties back into the White Lotus. So this is not a spoiler, but I think in the very first episode, you find out that one of the characters is an employment lawyer. Um, of course, I have to make like the dour, at least at the beginning of the season, like seemingly like dour career woman is like an employment lawyer. But anyway, um, and she kind of has a little bit of an awkward dinner table conversation with um, the the male of the other couple that they're traveling with when she tells them what she does. And his immediate response is to tell her about all of the, according to him, bogus sexual harassment claims that have been made against him. That, I, I think this is a dicey topic of conversation. You probably don't want to go there at a holiday party where you are, you know, bringing up the inappropriate behavior that you have done or to be perfectly honest, even talking about it in a way that could be off-putting to other people. Because if the wor- if the wrong person hears that, they don't like you, they're your boss, they don't like the way you spoke, they can fire you for that. You're not, you know, there's no real First Amendment in the public workplace for saying things that other people aren't interested in hearing. Um, so I think that's, you know, in, the, in that context, the conversation did sort of start to become what I would consider to be for a work event, a little too sort of sexual in nature and aggressive because it happened to also be in the same time period as Matt Lauer uh, was in all over the news and he was accused of doing some pretty sexually explicit things. And these are probably not conversations that you wanna have at a work event. And if you are, a male, you probably don't want to have that kind of conversation with a woman. Now, this was not my boss or my coworker or anything like that. And I, I did not feel harassed. I, I was rolling my eyes, but, um, you know, you never know who you're speaking to. A lot of our sexual harassment clients have, um, a history of, you know, abuse or trauma in their life. And you really never know who you're talking to and what, um, their point of reference is. So you you need to be cautious um, in the workplace and in general, but especially when you're at an event where you're drinking. Yeah, and I think uh, it's important to keep in mind because I think people tend to forget that just because you're out of the office, you're, you're still at work. And so uh, not that you have any more or less protections or rights, uh, but you know, removing the formality of the office, particularly at a time when a lot of people were working working remotely, so they're not even used to the formality of the office. Uh, just because you're at an outside event doesn't change the fact that 
you know, as Giovanna said, you don't have any freedom of speech unless you're, you know, a government employee, basically, in that context. But, um, you know, you you act foolish, and you can certainly be called out on it, and it can it can certainly backfire. Um, and we're kind of talking more about employees behaving badly, but I think the next question is, if you're the employer, how do you handle those types of situations? And we would say, if somebody comes to you with a complaint of something that happened at a work holiday party, you want to make your employee who's complaining feel protected and feel that they are being taken seriously. That doesn't mean you have to run out and fire the person who they said behaved inappropriately, but you should, you know, if you have HR, you should investigate that and you should look into it and you should make sure that the person who's complaining is being heard and is not then retaliated against in some way, because that's how then the employer can get in trouble um, if things go downhill or they don't take a complaint like that seriously. Yeah, I think the other thing to remember is that um, even if, you know, if you're an employer or, or a high level employee, um, you have to remember that this is, we live in a very different world than even 10 years ago. And people record everything, uh, everything gets caught on, on, on camera. And so even if you think you might wake up the next morning and think, oh my God, that was, that was bad, Hope, you know, glad nothing bad, nothing bad happened. You have no idea what people recorded, what kind of information could get leaked. Um, it's not at all uncommon, you know, to, to have somebody complain about something that happened you know, several months in the past, and all of a sudden they've got some kind of a recording of it. And as an employer, that's that can be a nightmare. Uh, and as as a high level, high level employee, you can find yourself, you know, answering some very uncomfortable questions as well. So, I think that's important to keep in mind. We want to shift gears to uh, house parties. Yes. <laughs> all right. House party. Uh, so, who doesn't love a good house party? They're typically more fun than an office party. Um, and uh, you're, you're probably not going to get fired for something that happens at a house party, although you could, especially if you are, uh, you know, uh, acting foolish in a way that will be recorded and distributed. Uh, so you got to be a little bit careful. But we're going to talk about kind of some situations where if you're a homeowner in particular and you have a house party, uh, you, can, you can get sued a number of ways. Uh, so let's talk first about premises, premises liability. So wh what do you have to be thinking about if you own a house and you're going to have, you know, 50 people, you know, many of whom are going to be drinking too much over at your house? Yeah, so we live in the Northeast. And I think one thing that sometimes people don't fully think about when you're talking about holiday parties and in the wintertime is you do have to clean up your sidewalks and your walkways and places where people are going to park of snow and ice. You can't just say, oh, I live in the Northeast. We have to navigate snow and ice. Too bad. Um, you know, if somebody slips and gets injured, we live in a place where that's a risk. Um, that's really not true. Um, in New York, you only have a reasonable period of time after a storm to get your sidewalks and your steps and, and your walkways and all of that in order. Um, so that I think is one thing that people may not fully think about, but you really want to make sure that people can get sort of in and out of your house safely. Um, and then, you know, the, the, I think the main thing in addition to that would be, you know, you have a wobbly handrail that you haven't fixed for a long time. You have 
a door and there's case law on all of these things. So I'm not just like making them up. One of them, I mean, I, I have definitely read a case before where somebody fell, opened a door and fell down into the basement, you know, little things like that, that you might be able to sort of live around when it's your own home. You just want to keep those kinds of things in mind when you have people in your house, especially if you have you know, a lot of people in your house and you can't really monitor where everybody is going and what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think it's very easy to brush this stuff off, but this is like the world we deal in. So we have clients who, you know, have gotten severely, severely injured with, you know, multiple surgeries, lifelong injuries, lifelong ailments because of situations like this, because somebody didn't fix a step or, you know, somebody didn't salt their sidewalk and that, you know, it's, it can get away from you very easily. And we're all guilty of that sometimes. But if you're going to invite people into your house, it's real. it's really important to think about that because, you know, a bad injury can result in hundreds of thousands of dollars in damages. Um, and hopefully you have sufficient insurance to cover that kind of thing. But the last thing you want to do is find yourself on the receiving end of a lawsuit, frankly, especially when it's somebody who is at your house, because that's awkward and it's a, it's very uncomfortable. And we you know, a lot of our clients kind of deal with those situations. Um, but uh, that's something that's pretty avoidable uh, if you're if you're taking good care of it. What about pets? Speaking of uh, Walter, who's sitting outside my office right now. Right. So in New York, if you own um, a pet, you are what's called strictly liable for injuries that they inflict on other people. If you had notice of your pets, what we call dangerous propensities. Um, so there's kind of two pieces of that of, you know, what does strict liability mean? So typically when you sue somebody, you're suing them in negligence. So you're showing that they were careless in some way. Um, strict liability takes that out of the equation. It just means you are liable, period, whether you were careful or not careful. Um, but the law puts a little bit of protection into that by saying that you had to have some knowledge that your animal could be dangerous. So basically the policy behind that is sort of, it's putting the risk of your animal injuring someone on the owner of the animal. If you wanna own an animal, you can, but you're gonna be strictly liable for any injuries. Um, and dangerous doesn't have to mean super vicious. If your dog has a tendency to jump on people and knock them over, that could be a dangerous um, propensity. It doesn't, I, I think sometimes there's a sense out there that we're talking about like a rabid animal, but um, it's not. And, and one thing to keep in mind with strict liability, because they don't have to show that you as the owner did anything wrong, the sort of flip side of that is that you trying to do things right is really not going to make a difference. So putting up a beware of dog sign or warning people like, oh, hey, by the way, my dog jumps on people. This is not going to help you in this situation because you're going to be liable whether you were careful or not careful, as long as you knew that this was a risk. <laughs> the We've had, we're on our second bull, English bulldog now, uh, and they're very good dogs and they're very docile. and. Um, Fortunately for us, they're very good at being put away. Um, so whenever we have any significant amount of people over our house, we put the dog away. Um, if you're going to have a party, you know, you're going to have people running around, again, having too much to drink, maybe, you know, 
someone wrestles with the dog, someone tries to play with the dog, the dog knocks into it, knocks somebody over, you know, in a, in the blink of an eye, you can find yourself in a really bad situation. Um, and one of the sad parts is often in these cases, when the, uh, when a dog who has displayed aggressive behavior hurts somebody or bites somebody, the dog has to be put down, um, or taken out of the household. And so, uh, far better to, put the thing away, put the animal away um, and avoid it altogether. Because like Javada said, the, the law is very strict and it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, if you have, if you know that the dog is dangerous, you know, you're on the hook. Um, so we're really uh, making people uplifted here today. Want to have all kinds of friends over and have a good party, huh? I know. Well, this is probably why we don't have people over at our house very often. <laughs> <laughs> um, our house right. is also like 160 years old. So there's like 50 different steps throughout the whole house. Like every time we have people over, we're giving them a warning every five seconds. Yeah. Not that we have anything that we need, that we, <laughs> we are right. aware that of. That is not an admission of any dangers in our home. Sorry, Steve. Um, let's talk last about the dram shop. Um, this one's you know, you see this often applied in, in, in cases where somebody drinks too much at either at a bar or at a private residence and goes out and gets in a car accident and hurts somebody else. Um, what's, what's the law around that? And what do you have to be thinking about if you're having people at your house? Yeah, well, especially for bar owners, you know, bartenders, you cannot overserve people, which obviously is a little counterintuitive, I suppose, because you're in the business of um, you know, serving drinks, but if a bar knows that someone is intoxicated and continues serving them and that person goes off and gets in a drunk driving accident, uh, the bar can be liable for that. Um, so a couple of the things that we would say to try to avoid something like that would be, um, you know, not pouring shots, you know, some bars won't pour shots, um, and just being, you know, generally cautious about, about serving people who are visibly intoxicated. Um, you know, when you're hosting in your own home, um, I would say it's probably more negligence type issues as opposed to dram shop, but the dram shop does cover serving minors. Um, so that's something that you wanna keep an eye on. You know, I think everybody probably in high school had somebody's house where the adults allowed them to drink and even potentially procured the alcohol for them. Um, you know, this is another sort of potential Debbie Downer situation. I know that some parents have a sense of, I'd rather do this in my house than have my kids somewhere else. No, do not do that. <laughs> um, you know, you do not want to be, I, you know, like 58 million horrendous scenarios can stem from doing something like that, um, let alone, you know, just in terms of liability in general. So that's, those are the two things that kind of come up in that dram shop context. Yeah, it was fun at the time, uh, knowing somebody like that, but, you know, you sort of knew it was wrong, even when it was happening, um, when you're young. And then as you get older, particularly doing what we do, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. You will not only are you going to be at risk legally if, if and when somebody gets hurt, but I, I mean, there's been there was an article last year all over the local news about a local family that had allowed kids to do this kind of thing in their house, and it blew up in their face. And so, a number of reasons to just avoid that. 
uh, all together. And on that note, um, everybody go out and enjoy the holiday season. I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, have yeah. fun. Well, party. actually, I just heard of one other horrible <laughs> thing that we should probably mention. Um, that that sort of reminded me of it is also um, like guns in the home. This is another thing where if you're in our line of work, there is a lot of case law on that. You know, people might not think that that happens very often um, unless you're following, you know, if you follow one of those um, social media accounts for, um, you know, every town for gun safety or something, they're always posting about um, gun accidents in homes and um, children getting their hands on guns. And, uh, but if you don't follow something like that, you might not necessarily be aware of how prevalent it is, but that is 100% something else to keep an eye on. If you are going to have a house full of people, you're gonna have kids running around. I know, you know, when we have people at our house, the kids all go upstairs, they're exploring, they're playing hide and seek, they're running all over the place. I'll tell them, you know, you can't go in this part of the house, they, they go in there anyway. And, you know, the worst thing that, and the last thing that you want is for some curious kid to get their hands on a gun that's not being stored properly um, and uh, have like a horrific, um, tragic accident like that. So that would be my last, uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> like super depressing cautionary thing. But I think, I mean, these things happen all the time. So people obviously are not thinking about it. So it doesn't mean don't have people over and don't have fun, but don't assume that that's not going to happen or that your best friend isn't going to sue you if it does, because trust me, they are. Everyone they, likes they to say that they're not litigious and that they hate lawsuits and they would never sue anyone in that situation. This is not accurate. If you or a member of your family is seriously hurt because of your family member or your friend or anybody, your neighbor's negligence, I promise you, you will sue them. Yeah. Or at a minimum, you'll come to us and say, you know, is there anything we can do about it? Um, and that Or you will put a claim also, in with their homeowner's insurance. Yeah. Like yeah. you will do something. Yeah. And, and that's okay because that's what the, the law allows. And that's why there's insurance, but, um, but Javon is exactly right. And we're, you know, nobody's saying don't have fun, don't have parties, don't have alcohol. Not even, we're not even saying don't have guns. All, all we're saying is, you know, there are, there are ways to be safe about it. And, and, you know, that's what safes are for. That's what locks are for. And that's what common sense is for. So um, on that note, all right, go out, have fun, party. Um, anything else today? No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of any other disasters that we could bring up before we go, but I think that's it. Oh, you didn't mention uh, uh, being at a party and asking to take a picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. This could have been a disaster if you had been leading a double life. Last night, we went to a holiday party. Um, there were a couple of other awkward moments that I won't mention because it's too fresh. <laughs> um, but a lady came up to Scott and asked to take a picture with him because he apparently was a doppelganger of her daughter's boyfriend. So I, be first of all, I feel like this kind of thing happens to you on a regular basis. I don't know why. But I, I was like, not, it did, like, did not even phase me that someone said, oh, can I take a picture with your husband? And then she thanked me afterwards. I should have gone through the phone to make sure that the sister's boyfriend was not in fact not me. You. Yeah. 
or no, they're not the daughter, the daughter's boyfriend. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was very, that was very funny. Well, yeah. So you know, as with all things, be cautious. <laughs> yeah, you never know when your secret um, yep. other family's mother might run into you at a holiday party. Yeah, yeah. These are these are real these are real problems. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. If um, if you have any questions, if anything comes up, if any of this stuff is you know ringing a little too true for you, feel free to reach out to us. We're always happy to help. You can go to our website at DorazioPeterson.com. Uh, you can, as I said, visit us on Instagram, Dorazio Peterson or TalkLex Podcast. Um, we are happy to help. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. Uh, leave us a positive review on any of the platforms. Um, that always helps. Uh, and we will be back again soon. Uh, we may have a hiatus next week because we're going on to, we've been asked to speak on a podcast with a, um, a pretty big podcast with a lawyer in Florida that I've um, connected with recently. Uh, so that should be fun. And uh, I think maybe we can repost it here. But in any event, uh, enjoy the holiday parties, be safe. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Do you stop?